You're listening to the Going Offsides podcast. Your home for lacrosse news, stories, and everything in between. So obviously, you know, we were, we were just talking off the call about sixes and everything. So w- what's your overall impression as a player? You know, you're, you're a guy that has played a little bit of mid, but, you know, you don't play a lot of defense. So what's your what's your first impressions of the sixes format? And, you know, what stands out to you as positives and, and maybe a few drawbacks? Um, I love that. It's just super fast pace. Um, I mean, I used to play hockey growing up and it reminded me of that. And, um, you know, everyone's involved. So there's no one just sitting on the bench. Everyone's getting in, getting reps and it's on the fly. Um, and I, and I love that aspect of it. It's really interesting and entertaining. Um, and drawbacks, I mean, I was pretty tired, but <laughs> that, that was probably the only drawback, but it was, it was great. I, I loved it. It was such a great experience and I met a lot of great people. So I, I know it's obviously, you know, it's a different experience. I mean, if you think about the field game and how structured it's become, um, you know, at the college level, you know, you know, a little bit probably less so at the professional level, there's still a lot of coaching. But I mean, most people think to, you know, field lacrosse at the college level, there's a lot of structure with the coaching and there's a lot of on-field coaching. In a situation like that where it's constantly, you know, it's there's no stoppages after goals, there's no nothing like that. Um, what was that like in terms of, was it more free flowing? Was there still being a lot of coaching? Was there still a lot of coaching going on? I mean, w- what was that kind of like? Um, yeah, there was definitely a lot of coaching. I mean, I've never really played box before, but, um, it, it kind of seems similar to box where there's okay. a lot of two man game. Um, and then defensively too, the, the playing the two man game. And I know you can't, you know, hit the picker or anything in, in this one, but um, in this in the sixes, but in box, I think you're you're allowed to you know hit them. But um, in this case, I learned from Gossini, Mark Gossini, you saying, you know, you don't switch on um, on up picks and 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 stuff like that. Just coming from a midi, and, and I mostly was a tackling my whole life. Uh, just learning how to play the pick game was was pretty interesting, and it kind of helps you offensively as well because you're seeing stuff um that defensemen think about and have to go through and and some minor calls that maybe you're switching an up pick and you hear that then you should flip it but um it's it's definitely it's pretty interesting just to view the game both offensively and defensively and and the coaches were great they they really taught us how to i mean there's a bunch of attacking that were there and teaching us defense is probably pretty tough but um, they did a they did a good job and and it was great. So what's the uh, kind of the process then moving forward for this Team USA selection? Um, th- I think the coaches and um, you know the people that run USA Lacrosse will will go through there with some film. Um, I'm sure they'll go through that and uh, just make a selection through there. But uh, they said they'll let us know. I believe sometime probably in September before the October uh, scrimmages. But right now that's, that's kind of where we're at. They just said they'll, they'll keep us updated and, and notify us when they select a group of 18 that will go and play in the scrimmages. Okay. And then with, with this new format, I know it's, it's to make the whole, you know, global lacrosse more accessible. And it's kind of, you know, you, you had fun playing it. And obviously a lot of Americans slash fans of the blue group countries 
they they would love for lacrosse to stay the same and go to the Olympics. But do you think that this is a, a version of the sport that can become popular at the youth and high school level as like a training tool? And, you know, not not as much as a competition, but more of, of a, a dr- like a drill or training, because this is a lot like we, we have a lot of drills that already look like this, right? Like West Jenny's always look like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like box on a field. A lot of teams play like the, these small sided games. So how, how do you kind of see this playing out just in your opinion from your experience? Um, I mean, it's definitely a great way to get in shape. <laughs> You're running nonstop and there's not too many players that are on each team, but it's, it's awesome. Like you said, there's the West Jenny drill, there's, box lacrosse and I think it teaches you so much just you know playing defense and also with your stick skills and playing in tight the two-man game I mean there's just so much going on and always on the fly I think it's an it's an unbelievable opportunity to help grow the sport Mm -hmm. and I think you know you look at hockey and basketball it's so fast-paced um I think it's also going to be intriguing for others to try it out um and it's a cool, it's definitely going to be, you know, it's going to be a cool thing to watch. And I wish more people could have saw the, the scrimmages and, and I, I'm sure they will. once um, You know, the scrimmages down Hopkins occur. And then I think there might be a world games in a year. So um, I think it, it'll get some, you know, growth in the sport and, and help, you know, develop people's skills and and i think if younger kids if they could play box or they can play sixes it'd be great it's it's just a great learning tool yeah i mean i think it's uh like you said it's a great learning tool but i mean with the with the evolution of the game i mean just from i mean you're a long island guy um just how much box has influenced the club scene now i mean in in the winter now everybody's got a box program it's been you know it seems like it's kind of um it's kind of went along with kind of how soccer has where they're doing more small sided games and more uh, tight spaces to kind of hone in on those individual skills. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting thing. I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty, uh, it's going to be pretty interesting moving forward. Um, you know, in terms of everything up at Placid, um, did you get a chance to uh, enjoy any of the sights and sounds of uh, Lake Placid? You said it was your first time up there. I know it's a, it's a great tournament. It's a great kind of setup. was, uh, was it a great experience for you overall up there? Yeah, the tournament looked awesome. I mean, it was, there's so many fields and then you're right by the mountains, you know, there's like obviously the lake and then rivers when you're driving up, but we never really got to go into the town, which I was a little upset about, but uh, there's nothing I could do. I'll just have to go back up there. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I definitely want to check that out. I heard it's a good time and, um, you know, see the Olympic hockey rink. I think that's, also something a great sight to see so well, that, that, um it was it was really nice to just that's got to be pretty that's got to be pretty cool right you're training you're you know you're you're tr- essentially trying out and training with team usa lacrosse you know at the site of one of the greatest um you know um sporting events that's ever happened in american sports history i mean that's got to be pretty cool yeah definitely i mean i've watched miracle probably a thousand times already so <laughs> yeah, i watched would have loved to see it but it was it was definitely cool to be there and, and you know it's there's a lot of history there as well like you said so um it was it was really great 
Well, and speaking of history, man, I mean, um, you know, there's a lot of people that always talk about all these different programs and where people come from. Um, you know, you have the Yorktown guys who claim that, you know, Yorktown is the center of the lacrosse universe. You got the rest <laughs> of any guys that do that. And I know you're left because you, if you know a Yorktown guy, that's exactly what that's what that's exactly what you hear. Um, you got the yeah. Baltimore guys that claim all that stuff. Um, you got the West Jenny guys, everything like that. But I mean, in terms of everything, where you kind of you know played your high school ball, and actually one of your coaches was my coach in college, uh, Coach Muscarella. But um, in terms of everything, what was it like playing at Ward Melville? Um, and and kind of you know there were some le- I don't want to say lean years because there's never any lean years but you know you were a big part of that resurgence where you know you, that team I think it was your sophomore year ended up winning the national championship am I correct yeah yeah um it was a it was just a really good group I mean Jack Bruckner was on that team Jake McCulloch Tom Riley uh Mike Cerrone I mean there's just so many great players Christian Mazzone who's still mm-hmm. playing the archers um yeah it was it was an awesome group. We we were all super close. Um, we all grew up playing in our town. I know there's so many different teams now, like 91 Express, Madlax. I mean, there's a list that's just never ending. But um, that was kind of the special part about my town is that I was able to grow up with these kids and play lacrosse with them since I was four or five. Um, and, you know, we kind of all stuck together. And it worked out in the end. I mean, we were lucky lucky to go undefeated and, you know, win the state championship. But it was definitely cool to see, you know, break that drought. Um, it was a pretty long time. I used to grow up going to the county championships and watching West Islip beat us every single year. Um, but it was, it was definitely good to get past that and, you know, get a state championship. And, you know, you see it now. They're, they're killing it every year. Mm-hmm. There's so many great players coming out of Ward Melville now and um seems like every year they're they're winning state championships pretty easily (laughs) I (laughs) wish it was like that for me but um it was it was definitely it's cool to see I mean so you do that at Ward Melville and you're kind of I don't I mean I'm not as versed in Long Island lacrosse history but you're part of a little bit of resurgence there and then I guess the same argument could be made for Georgetown as well because you were kind of there I mean they had those really, really great years, and then there was a while where it just kind of took a hit. And and we talked to Morocco about this as well, about going to Georgetown and how it's a little bit different. And what, what kind of led you to Georgetown? Um, I guess I I'm not sure. I really went to a couple different schools, um, and when I was going through. I just, I didn't know. They're all great. You go to the next school, you're like, oh, this is awesome. You know, you go to the next school, you're like, oh, this right. is even better. They got, <laughs> they have Chick-fil-A on campus. I don't know. It's just like they change stuff and, and it's, it's pretty cool. And, and at that time, I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I didn't know if I wanted to be, you know, business major, or, um, you know, maybe go down biology major. I don't know. So I was talking to my dad and my family a lot and, uh, he was just saying, you got to go to a place you feel most comfortable. And I visited Georgetown a second time. And um, Coach Warren was it was great. I was able to meet some of the players. Um, and when I was with, like, I was with Joe Bucci, who I'm, I'm still very close with to this day, and I was able to play with him for one year. Um, he, you know, he was great. He was just a great guy. He really cared about the program. And 
Um, you know, he took me around campus and the coaches took me around campus and, you know, they, they just seemed like they really wanted me. Uh, they wanted to change a program um, and, and help them get to that next level, which I, I think they're getting to. And, you know, they still got to get to that. I, I hope hopefully this year, maybe the semifinal final. Um, but, you know, they, they got past that bar- the first round barrier last year. But, um, yeah, it's an unbelievable place. It's in a great location. You got Georgetown, the town, you have your own little campus, and then you have D.C. So there's so much to do. Um, and, you know, I kind of just fell in love with the school. And, um, you know, the coaches were great to me and as well as the players. So it was just a perfect fit. Fantastic. Yeah, it seems to be the – that's kind of the theme when we talk to the Georgetown guys is is that they all wanted to be a part of something, you know, making it great again. And also, you know, like you just said all the, the best parts, right? Like the, the location, the, the history. I mean, the education's insane as well. And uh, from what Morocco was saying, it's a little bit more of a blue collar in terms of like the pedigree of – a school like Georgetown, you don't necessarily associate with blue collar, but it still is, at least in the lacrosse program, a very blue collar program. So uh, I think it kind of speaks to the type of people that they're producing and, and recruiting. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Coach Warren did a, is doing, has done a fantastic job there. So, all right. So, so let's transition to, we'll, we'll skip over. You, you had an amazing year, by the way, in the MLL bubble. But let's let's skip over the the year in the MLL and go straight to the PLL. Now you come into the Outlaws, and Coach Rubio has done a lot of shuffling of players. The the roster he he's collected draft, more draft picks than the than the Oklahoma City Thunder. So <laughs> how uh, what was it like coming into the PLLA? Because I mean you played for the Outlaws. Outlaws. Morocco told us the Cannons, you know, those are two of the best run franchises in the MLL. You guys had great experiences, like not not a lot of bad things to say, I'm sure. But moving into the PLL, I'm sure things were completely different just from what you were used to. This roster's full of these young draft picks and expansion picks. How, how has Coach been able to kind of gel you all together uh, as quickly as he has? And how much of that is just, you know, guys on the team working together? How much of it is the culture? You know, kind of walk us through what it's been like being on the Atlas this year because you guys are incredibly young and and fun to watch. Yeah. um, You know, I think coaches have done a great job. They're, you know, they're very personable. It's, you know, they want to win as much as all of us do. And, um you know, it's, it's someone you want to play for. They, they get you fired up. They put in a lot of work off the field, setting up film sessions, going through film and, you know, just helping us out in any way they can when we can practice together. And, um, you know, even telling us the smallest things like on a man up play or um, just moving around, cutting and, and everything. So um, they're, they're a really special group and they kind of preach the family style, um, which I know you guys probably have heard from Trevor and, um, I, I'm sure everyone on my team said it, but it, it's it's very true. It's a team that wants to play for each other instead of playing as individuals, and that's the best part about lacrosse. And you, you can't win any other way. Um, but I, I think we have a really special group here that, at the end, just buys into to Atlas and and buys into what we're going to do well. And um, everyone has to do their job, and if we don't, you know, we're not going to play well. But when we're playing together and 
and doing what we know we can do and, and play as best as you can and as hard as you can, you know, it, it, it could be a good outcome. So I know we have a still have the most important part of the season coming up, but, you know, we got to keep playing as a team and as a family and, and do our thing. Okay. And, and so you personally, I mean, you, like you said, you spent most of your life as an attackman and I guess in the PLL, there's not, there's not a ton of offensive midfielders. There's like three per team. What, what's it been like coming out of the box a lot more than you probably used to? Um, I, I played a little bit. I mean, pretty much a lot last summer in the MLL. Right. And, um, like I said, like, yeah, I grew up playing attack, but I did like dodging the wing in college. Um, Coach Phipps did a great job with, you know, make, creating plays there and just playing out of like one four one and one three two. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of had that experience at Georgetown, but coming out of the midfield, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still dodging. I'm still dodging hard. I'm, it is different. You got to get used to it. You got to get used to the shooting on the run. It's just, it's about how you train. I probably trained a lot more dodging from up top than from behind when I found out I was going to be a midfielder. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a little bit different, but wherever the team would need me, you know, that's, that's where I'll go. And, uh, it's been great. I'm learning a lot from my teammates as well. They're, they're really helpful. So, um, it's, it's, it's been fun. I mean, we got a really good group and, you know, it's uh, when we move the ball, it, it makes it a lot easier for us midfielders as well. Can get some cuts in, maybe some easy goals, but um, yeah, and especially when Jeff Teeth's feeding, so um, it's <laughs> yeah, it's been helps. good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it does seem. I mean, I saw one of your dodges from. I think it was the first game last weekend from X. It, your mouth has to be watering when they when you have a shorty on you and you get the carry to X and you must feel right at home and it's just a little bit unfair. I think you just had a great change of direction. You didn't even, you just did kind of like a stop and split. And I think he got caught up on the cage or something like that. But I, I have to imagine with all your time, it's just gotta be green light special when you get the ball at X against the shorty. So, uh, you know, you, you do get to play with an old teammate in Jake Carraway. What's that been like having him, you know, you obviously had a year apart, but what's it been like playing with Jake again? <laughs> nothing changed he's he's a man really good guy um you know me and him always chirp each other but we're like brothers um so he's he's a great player you know he's a great guy and um it's it's always special playing with him when we found out we were so ecstatic to um just be on the same team again we talked about it for so long and we're hoping it for i guess post his post COVID year, we're hoping we'd be together again, but um, it, it worked out and it, it's awesome. It's, it's really, it's really great to be with him again and play with him. So is he, is he the roommate or uh, you know, who, who's the main, do they put you guys with the same people every week when you guys get to these cities? Uh, it's been different. I was with Jake for a training camp and then I was with JD Calaruso for okay. three weeks. How was that? Um, and how was that? He's a man. That guy's, a man. That guy's a great. Guy. He's the nicest human ever. <laughs> he's just he's just so down to earth, and he's always pumping you up too, which is like the best part. Like you're having a bad day, he's just gonna pump you up, and you're like, oh dang, I should hang out with you every day. I might just give him a call just to like get me going in the morning for work. But um, <laughs> he's he's a really he's a really good guy. Um, he's playing lights out too. I mean, he stepped up into a position where. Um, you know, it's 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 tough to just come in and, and, and light it up and he's he's doing unbelievable. He's 
playing out of his mind. So um, I was with him for three weeks. And last week I was with Jeff Keith. And he's also a really great guy. He's super funny and, and low-key, but he's he's the man. Talk about three completely different people, though. That, no. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. Seriously. Um, yeah. So, so in an average PLL week, right, you're, you're flying it. If you have a Friday game, what, you fly in Thursday. But other than that, you're usually flying in on Friday. You have a practice. What's an average week kind of look like for you? Is there, you know, some film being done remotely? Is there, you know, you know what, what – do you have time with your day job to, to be training a couple times a week? What's it like for you personally uh, in a given game week? Um, it's more so, you know, I got to train on my own. So I work, uh, I, I have a, I work as an underwriter as well during okay. the week. So um, I get up early to work out, to cross, um, you know, do what I can to just, stay in shape and, and be ready to go on the weekend. And then we usually watch film on Wednesdays. Um, and then, you know, we fly out, like you said, mostly on Friday, sometimes Thursday, depending on if you have a double header or not. Um, but most of our games are, we're flying out on Fridays or Saturday if it's a Sunday game. And, um, you know, you just, you fly in, um, you, you get ready, you go, you kind of go straight to practice. You maybe you got a couple hours to hang out, unpack a little bit get some food and then you go to practice um, and then we'll watch film and then you kind of just, you know, hang out, get ready for the game uh, and then usually play the next day. So, um, and then the double headers, it's just a little different. You're there for the weekend, you'll practice on Saturday. Um, and then you kind of have most of the day Saturday to just hang out with your teammates and stuff and, and kind of relax a little bit. So as an underwriter, have you been able to do a little bit of remote work? So, you know, I'm sure, getting out to the games is, or getting some time off of work to go do this isn't, isn't been the biggest issue for you personally. Yeah, no, they've, they've been great. Um, they've been great to me. You know, they, they understand. And um, the best part is I've been able to work, you know, most of the days, I think I've only taken off two days um, for lacrosse. So uh, it, it's kind of worked out that way. And, um, you know, I, I just got to get my work done. And, and right. if that's working longer during the week, then I, then I got to do that. But, um, yeah, they've, they've understood and, you know, they're, they kind of, they watch now, they, they keep up with it. So <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty cool. They're, they're really supportive and, and, um, you know, I'm lucky to be working with a great group like that. That that's really cool because I don't think a lot of people realize, especially the younger fans, the, the older fans like us, we, we, we've seen it for years. Like, it's common practice that this is what you guys do during the week. Like you, you, you pretty much have to have another job. Now there, there are guys branching out that have been able to do, do it full time, but they're still like doing six little things to make it all work. So it, it's really yeah. cool. And, and I'm sure, you know, I, I don't know what city you're working in, but you know, if you're in a lacrosse area like a Baltimore or New York, I'm sure that somebody's boss or their boss's boss is a lacrosse guy. And I'm sure that network is huge of, of guys that kind of get it, but yeah, it's still at the end of the day, right? You you have to you have to pay the bills and you have to <laughs> have to have that day yeah. job. So uh, that's exactly. awesome to hear that it's working out for you. Uh, hopefully, the pandemic has helped people get some more remote work and uh, make it even easier to do this stuff. Because I remember the MLL bubble. I don't know. Uh, was, I think it was the depot from the uh, the barrage. He was up in the booth for the first half because he had an important work call that he couldn't miss oh no way 
Oh yeah. yeah, I remember that. Is that a van chick? Uh, they something? have the van chick. Yeah, right? yep, yeah. yep. I just remember seeing him in full gear. He's on a Zoom in the press box, and as soon as the <laughs> halftime hit, he ran down to the field, warmed up, and he was ready to go for the second half. So that that's the extreme situation right there. But uh, it, it is pretty cool that you guys are able to do that, and uh, you know, hopefully, here's to the PLL continuing to take off so that you guys can eventually, you know do this as your one and only full-time thing. So, uh, That'd be awesome. yeah, speaking of speaking, of, you, you mentioned box a few times and we've seen a lot of guys, you know, that don't necessarily have a ton of box experience, make that push into the NLL. Is that something that you have any interest in or are you kind of like happy in your space right now, mostly focusing on the field game? Um, you know, I, I thought about it. I think I would like it a lot. Um, it, it, it could be, you know, it's, it's different game. I, I haven't really played, like I said before, um, it would be a great experience for me. Um, but I, I was drafted to Colorado and I talked to them and I, I told them I wouldn't be able to do it, um, just because of the travel and, and with work and playing field as well, it'd, it'd be a lot. Um, I don't know if I, if I could get maybe, um, a long island riptide maybe but um i'd have to see but it, it it seems to be that i'm most likely not going to be playing box uh even maybe i'll just play for fun just because it seems like an awesome sport um just to to get going with and it probably would help me out i'm my, sure my interesting local guys so. would love to have you on their on their local on their local team <laughs> in the off season. Yeah, it would, it'd be a it'd be a cool experience but um, right now, I, I don't have plans on playing box. Um, and Jeff Teed and, and Kate are on the Riptide, so maybe I'll talk to them a little bit, but um, <laughs> we'll see. There you go. There you go. So are you based out of Long Island then? I live in New York City, Okay. Um, but my family's in Long Island, so I'm, I've been able to go back and forth pretty easily. That's awesome. Well, at least you don't have that commute. You're not on the LIRR every day. So you beat that. I know. That would have been uh, brutal. That's the yeah, worst. It been like two hours. Oh, it's yeah. the worst. New York stuff. Yeah, um, some of my friends did that. It was it was pretty rough. I've done it a couple of times, but not too many times. Well, Ryan, nice. when did where did you commute from? You commuted from Copec to New uh, York City? No, it was Massapequa. So I, I was commuting from Massapequa to um to New York City. So I'd I'd take the I'd take the Babylon line into Penn and then I'd have to jump on the ACE down to the financial district. It was awful. It was the worst thing in the world. Are you from Massapequa? Uh I'm originally from Copeg, but um oh, after okay. college I was living in Massapequa and doing all that stuff. But um, Okay, cool. And then I actually moved out east. So I was living in I was living in Shoreham and coaching with those guys. So Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, out there, man, it's a different world. Like as you get closer to Nassau County, it's like, you know, you know, people are on top of each other. But if you're out east, you know, they, they got some there's a little bit more space. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. It's more calm too. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. It's not as calm as yeah. people think, but it's not too bad. Yeah. But yeah, but that commute was awful. It was the worst. It was the absolute worst. I don't envy that. But yeah, you see some you see horrible. some pretty interesting people on the subway though. You can't beat that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, I, we really appreciate your time. Uh, obviously, best of luck. It's been awesome seeing the Atlas, um, you know, be be everything that we thought they were going to be in year one. <laughs> it just took a, a lot of roster turnover to make it happen. But, you know, this is 
it's an exciting brand of lacrosse. It's fast. It's fun. It's high risk, high reward. And, you know, it's just great to see everything that you guys have been doing. And, and, you know, I mean, I know Ryan's a Boston Cannons diehard, but, or a Cannons LC diehard, but, you know, hopefully <laughs> here's to you guys clinching that number one seed this weekend or yeah, next, hopefully. next weekend, I should say next week. Yeah. 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 Because there's a buy every other week this summer. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It'd be, it'd be great. And Water Dogs are a really good team. So we just got to, you know, like I said, play our game. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, give us a review, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Going Offsides. Sides.